Well, welcome everybody to the Infinite Creative Podcast. My name is Sean. My good guy with the coffee over there is... Fitz! How's it going, guys? How's it going? So today, we're, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit of quick news. We're going to get some stuff kind of just... Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff we just got to you know, get quickly past. And then you know, I think today we're going to talk a lot about process and capturing the process. So yeah, um, I'm really excited, man. But yeah, first I off, how like... are you? How are you doing? How's your world? Uh, well, I, I don't know how it happened, but on the last episode or so, we, we talked about like, hey, you're being sick, and Phil was sick, and now here I am being sick. I'm like, something is going around, even though we were not in person. So mm -hmm. whoever is listening, sorry for infecting you via the ears. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're infecting out over the... the the airstreams but yeah man well hopefully you kind of get better i'm starting to feel better too um and for everyone out there um yeah take lots of vitamin c drink lots of water and cuddle up to this nice episode if you're sick today skip and work um, <laughs> skip work <laughs> don't do that <laughs> don't do that um but yeah so let me um jump right into some quick news so so you know so our first episode ever i don't know if you remember it um but the first episode we ever did was really talking about Air Force One. It was talking about Donald Trump had created this Air Force One. He had redesigned it, and yeah. it had gone through all these delays. And so I but, just wanted to give up. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So for everybody listening, the Air Force One, it's it's an airplane. So it, it's not just like um, a branch of the government. It's like a specific airplane that is like transporting the president from A to B. So. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> yep. So exactly. So the Air Force One is a is the has always been the the plane that that transports the president. On our first episode um, about ten months ago, we talked about how Trump had kind of redesigned the the plane and it had gone through all of these big time crunches and they've lost all this money because he had tried to rebrand it to look cooler. But maybe sometimes making things look cooler isn't the way to go. Well, uh, just to give an update, they've now done a new color scheme for it. Um, as you may remember, and I think down here they may show the picture, his original design had that dark blue on the underside, and the idea was, well, now it could easily get shot out of What's the sky. Was it dark blue? That's that, that's that's dark. That's black. Or so so this so this the one that I have yeah right now showing is that's what a Donald Trump had come up with. Um, you can actually see Donald Trump's hands in the background. You can definitely tell it's just yeah. Donald Trump. But um, but you know that dark blue on the underside, trying to make it look more regal, more fancy. Um. But, you know, as you can probably guess, that makes it a lot easier to spot in the air when you see this big, dark blue plane. So they've moved yeah. it back to where it used to be, um, where it's light blue. It's something that now doesn't um, it doesn't take in a lot of heat. And it also um, is able I think to that was disappear the key in the clouds or with the heat. Yeah, exactly. So so a lot of the components were failing because it was getting too hot due to the, the hot colors. And also is yet again, it's just so easy to see in the sky where they want something that's a little bit more. Um, hidden from from ground level, so so they've yeah they've redesigned it now. It's kind of funny to see that now that whole design's been kind of thrown out, um, and that Boeing has actually reportedly said that they regret taking on the contract altogether. That they've lost so much money in doing this, they actually <laughs> oh. regret taking on the contract. So just want to give don't everyone a quick update feeling, on that. Sean, like taking on clients and regretting everything. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's dark. No, no, I mean. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, it's yeah. funny when you get, you know, when you get to the end of the project, right? And it's and things have gone wrong, and now you're like, uh, we got to get something to work, right? And we need something, and yeah. we can't leave this with nothing. So now they're scrambling. They've lost money, and now it's just getting to trying to get it to the end. Which, yeah, I think I've been there a few times. I, I think on that note, a practical tip for everybody: like, um, explain to your client your process, and then be strict on it you know what i mean like explain step by step how you go through a project and be like hey this is how i do it this is how, what's gonna happen hey you're fine with that <laughs> that's yeah yeah well well and sometimes yeah um you know having your voice be heard i think when we first had talked about it we talked about the importance of even if it's the president that's your client that you need to say what what the what knowledge you do have and if you don't do a good job of communicating that and taking ownership of the project you're just on for the ride man you're just you're just on this crazy ride down this mountainside crashing into trees yeah. as you go so um, and you can lose yeah. money even though you think money is coming in like yeah this was probably not very beneficial for boeing to think about it like yeah it's like mm -hmm. maybe they made some money but Probably they lost more in just trying to figure stuff out and wasted a bunch of time. Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like they've lost, you know, and when you're talking about a plane, you're talking about millions of dollars. So, um, so yeah, so it's it's interesting that, you know, after after years of them building this plane, they're just um, they're redoing a lot of it anyway. And um, now it seems like they're going to finally launch with these planes. That It's funny, at the very end of the day, it doesn't look very much different than the original. So I've been on projects like that, too, where you, you start a project and you're like, yeah, that old thing was terrible. Let's throw it in the fire. We're going to do a completely new thing. And then you fast forward six months later, and you're actually only it's a tiny insane. bit different than the original thing anyway. You end up working your way back to where you had started. So, Yeah. Sad truth, sad truth. But then I think something else happened. TikTok, or is that not the second part yeah, of the news? So, yeah. So right now, um, you know, we we actually, as as we're recording this, um, the CEO of of TikTok, his name is uh, Shao Zishu. Um, he's the CEO of TikTok. <laughs> what a name. He ex yeah, I know. I probably butchered the heck out of that too. Um, he's testifying in shoes. <laughs> yeah, sell these shoes. <laughs> Testifies in front of Congress right now. So, so right now he's kind of getting grilled in Congress, um, obviously about you know how TikTok is is pretty much owned by the Chinese government um, because most companies in China are owned by the Chinese government. So there's a lot of talk about you know is the data safe? Um, is China is the TikTok app accessing other things on the network? Is it accessing other apps? And therefore, is it kind of branching out and, and collecting data? Um, for the Chinese government, and so he's being so, built so, right now. Yeah, I, I know. So to explain it a little bit better, like TikTok is owned by ByteDance, and ByteDance is also owning like CapCut, what is a popular editor right now, and it's very functional. Um, also, every company that is owned by the Chinese government has to report to the Chinese government by law so if they get like chinese money it's basically they have to send a report and give whatever access they um or whatever information they have they have to give access to china so it's not like that they are actively trying to do that it's just like by law they have to and china china is actually doing using that information so it's like yeah 
And to give an even better explanation is um, so the Chinese government has reportedly said that they they have no interests in this company, and the CEO has also decoupled himself from other Chinese companies that he used to be part of. So it's very interesting because he's actually the cleanest um, kind of Silicon Valley CEO, if you think about it, because the only um, revenue he actually gets is as a salaried employee of TikTok. So it seems like they've even done a very um, purposeful job of, of trying to make him seem himself even seem very clean and disconnected from China completely. Yeah. So another thing that happened is a lot of lobbying because like all the um, big platforms like t uh, Instagram, YouTube and whatever, they kind of lobbied against TikTok because they uh, were losing ground and still losing ground to that. So there's a little bit of that going on. I'm also like really not confident that this Congress, uh, the Congress is basically doing any meaningful like, you know, asking the right questions, doing the right things, because they have no idea about social media and the implications. Uh, it was like really embarrassing to see when they are like just trying to grill Mark Zuckerberg and you're just like, they have no idea about smartphones. They have no idea about the internet. They have no idea about anything. And yet they're there and they're asking the questions. And it, I, I don't know, like those people are too old to actually do anything meaningful or making like the right decisions. They're just like, yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's well, at least you, my you, pot, my part on that. But yeah. you can you can definitely argue that you know right. So Congress is made up of a lot of people that are over fifty years old. Um, as as far it's as I'm, I I know, um, a lot of them do not have any interests in the technology world. You don't have any technology CEOs or anything like that that have um, entered Congress. Um, and it kind of a, you know it really does show a bigger problem of 50. Congress. I want to Google this. Are they not sixty and above? <laughs> Um, there may be a few above 50. I'm not sure. But, um, but you know, it may show an extra, actually bigger problem that, you know, a lot of people that are in Congress don't really come from um, places where they can really do any good. The median uh, age of Congress is like 57.9. Uh, so they're nearly 60. Yeah, so that's so, the median age. So obviously them talking about TikTok, it makes almost no sense. Yeah, for them, it's like just a weird thing that makes money and like, oh, yeah, everything is so simple. Like the older generation absolutely has no idea about what's going on right now. Like, but but, you know, in some ways, I feel like they know somewhat more than than young people would, too. Right. Because they've grown up in, in the Internet world. I think anyone that's even in Congress at least can say that they grew up um, or at least, you know, their career started alongside technology so i still think that they're they're still they still have enough intelligence to talk about this but do they understand the inner workings of tiktok maybe not but um but they you know they grew up next to the facebook's the myspaces and stuff too so so a lot of people in congress it's not like they're completely alien to this i would say i think some in congress I, probably I think, know a thing or two yeah i don't know like i'm i, I kind of disagree on that because like when they were in the myspace age they were already like out of it and for them the internet was not a real thing and that was just like a fad that will pass away like ai or whatever so it's like they were like already decoupled from the internet because they are already formed adults they already have their life experience and they were that 
old generation. You go outside, you have outside fun, you know, like you do physical things, you do not mm -hmm. work on a computer. And then they slowly got formed, uh, forced onto the computer, learning how to type on a keyboard. It's like that type of people, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, not necessarily though. I mean, the keyboard came out in in the '80s, right? So the keyboard yeah. um, is before either of I were born. So, you know, I they understand DOS more than you and I were. They wouldn't be scared yeah. of a command line as much as you and I were. They they know how to use Linux more than you and I do. So, so I don't know. I I, I don't like to subscribe to the thing that if you're old, you have no idea. I think now the older people actually grew up with computers and things. So, I think it's that's less and less the case. Um. But yeah, do they understand TikTok? Do they understand social media influencers? Do they understand the monetization process and how does that going to feed into the whole thing? Probably not. Kind of newer things, probably not. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see. You know, obviously, I think there'll be some good questions asked today. I think these are the right questions. I mean, oh, so what's your hot take? Do you think that they're that, do you think TikTok's going to keep being around in the U.S. or do you think this is the beginning of the end of TikTok <laughs> in the U.S.? So I, I think like either they will strike a deal with like heavy heavily monitoring so government gets control over TikTok to see what's going on and then there will be like some lobby, uh, lobbying um, again going on and it will be more similar to Instagram whatever and Facebook you know and oh you cannot say this about this side and you cannot say this about that side and here's our bias that we want to push oh this is fake news real news whatever you know that either happens or it just gets shut down. But what would be really interesting to see what happens if a whole platform gets shut down, you know, because like it's not like just any platform. It's probably now the biggest platform on Earth. It's mm -hmm. like really, really popular. So I'm just like very interesting. So so why do you think it's the top thing on the planet? I guess we've talked so much about TikTok, but why do you think it's it's somehow risen to the top? What, what do you think? Um, it, it's really sauce? simple. Yeah, so the, the the secret sauce is like, you know, when you have a platform, they usually make it really hard to um, share content. They usually make everything a little bit inconvenient. And TikTok is basically like makes everything really convenient. Like, hey, yeah, please share our content. If you want to share, for example, a reel from YouTube, they just added a feature that you can download the thing and then share it, you know? And it's like, no, you can download it directly to your device. There's no like um, rules against it. So they make it really as easy as possible to share it, you know, ignoring obviously copyright, obviously ignoring a lot of other rules. What is like, I don't know how they still got around with that. And it's still popular to share music and whatever, you know, I, I don't know what is going down on that aspect because like there's so many rules and regulations regulations going on um yeah sorry the laundry is like finishing um but basically um so many rules and regulations for that but in the end they made it so easy to share and go viral you know even if you have no following and where other platforms are like we don't trust you we don't want to get you to go viral because like you could be a bad person we don't want to upset like our um, sponsors so there's like a lot of that well, yeah, okay. So, um, so why did Vine not work? Why did uh, other other uh, apps that did short video content that you shared? Why why did those not work? Why did TikTok work? I guess that's what I'm getting to. TikTok this isn't the is first Vine. app to ever do this. TikTok is Vine. So basically, TikTok got uh, bought Vine, and then or ByteDance bought um, TikTok. Uh, sorry, ByteDance bought um, what was it again called? The the is it Vine the second. Yeah, Vine, and then they transformed it to TikTok and they combined it with like um, a different platform from China that has like really easy um, 
ways of sharing content. And those two together basically formed the new TikTok. And that was like really uh, vital that you can easily share uh, content. You easily can go super viral. What is very interesting, like the easier it is to share something, the the more likely it is to be used, you know? So I, so I do want to correct you just for everyone out there. Um, TikTok did not buy Vine. It was Twitter that bought Vine in 2012. Um, it what? looks like here. So very interesting is Elon Musk actually owns Vine, and that's an interesting thing to think about. Um, so in I'm, 2012, I'm very cute. Uh, curious. I thought bite that bought Vine. <laughs> uh, yeah, Twitter bought Vine in 2012 for 30 million dollars. Um, so so very interesting there. So could Elon Musk maybe be the American patriot? Could he could he come and take out TikTok, the evil TikTok Chinese dragon of TikTok? Yeah, so I just Googled it. Um, TikTok is owned by ByteDance. So that at least I have right because now I have to double check my sources. Because Vine like, Vance? I, huh? What did you say? Vine Vance? Is that what you said? What did no, you say? No, TikTok is owned by ByteDance. Like by ByteDance, Byte? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I got that part right. Now I'm just so <laughs> confused. I thought like Vine got bought by... Anyhow. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, interesting. So it's happening, you know, today... Um, you know, to 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 get to my hot take, I I actually think that yeah, TikTok will probably um, be. I think I think it'll get handcuffs put on it. I think TikTok will probably stay around, but I think things like it having access to your contacts. I think TikTok having access to things outside of the application that's going to get a lot tighter. Um, I think you're going to say see the same thing that happened to Facebook a few years ago, where the amount of data they're able to collect is going to get halved and maybe quartered all the way down to maybe 10% of what they can get right now. So I think you're going to yeah. see this huge, huge amount of data just get squashed for how much TikTok can can take. I, I think on the one side it's a good thing, but on the other side I think also like it's a really bad thing because like the government they just want to have control over it, and that's basically it. You know, like they already have the information and they want to have just easy access in a weird way, and it's like messed up. So, yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's just for the data, right? I think we saw with AI that um, you know when you post something on Instagram, that's not just going into a black hole, right? That's being fed into algorithms, and that's going to be um, repurposed in the other things. So when you think about oh. that as TikTok, where we're 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 putting out all this content, it, we're kind of creating this golden chest of content. Then where does that go? Well, maybe it goes to China, maybe it goes to other places. So it's very interesting that that kind of talk. Yeah, so here's another fun thing what happens with your data. What I did not know that would happen, but I was kind of assuming it could happen. So there's like sites where you can upload your footage as a videographer and you can make some couple of cents of it if somebody buys it or a couple of dollars, you know. It's basically a passive mm -hmm. income. Like you got a cool scene of a sunset and somebody else want to buy it, rent it, whatever, you know, they can do that via like um, Shutterstock, Blackbox or whatever. There's a couple of sites like mm -hmm. that. So I forgot who it was, but there's like this week, I think five new or five new big announcements from AI happened, but one AI software got trained on the stock images of that type of stuff. So there's no infringement, but I'm like, oh, so people gave them the footage, got a little bit paid and trained in AI. So nobody's hurt basically, but it's like, it's an interesting way how AI is getting trained now. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, exactly. I think um, I think we're going to be seeing more and more. I think you're seeing it right now with performers, but you'll see it more with artists that there is going to be certain contact content that people are not going to want to put online. I think yeah. um, there's going to be more protection of your own content now. 
Now, with that being said, I think we've grown up in a time where we've been kind of taught to, you know, share freely. That's how you get prospects. That's how you get your your name out there. That's how you build the yeah. fan base. Is you should give you still freely. Have to. Yeah, so it's a balance, to. though. Is it an all or nothing? I think that's where we're going to have to start to deal with. Is it? Does that mean you give everything, give all of the secret sauce away, all your secrets, yeah. or, or do we need to protect some now? Um, what, what's your I, thoughts? So, so, so my thoughts on that is, like, we, we talked about that in an episode, I think, like, five, six, seven episodes ago. Artists basically made an incredible piece of art. Um, everybody on Reddit is like, oh, this is AI art. How could you, you know? And he actually did that. And it was, like, disgusting because, like, yeah, he posted that thing and everybody's assuming it's AI art. And this is where we're mm -hmm. going. It's, it's only getting crazier. Um, and right now, you have to share everything so that you can believe, like, this person actually did it, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like... Yeah, to capture the process and that's like one of the most important things that we can do right now we have the technology we can capture every moment to make sure that is actually what's happening and it's not just some random moment generated by ai or like orchestrated to make you believe something you know and if you have like mm -hmm. a consistent history of like oh yeah you draw every day so you have actually the capabilities of this skill so i can Ver uh, verify that you actually are capable of doing this it is so mm -hmm. powerful having this track record now you know yeah 100 percent. it's um it's this kind of trust factor right we're losing trust because of the ai we're and i think that's going to continue i think um people are going to be more and more incredulous right i think just like nowadays if you heard someone come out with a with some edm song um, you'd be incredulous more so than you would 20 years ago, where you'd be like, yeah, but did you did you just buy some pieces and put them together? You know, so so I think like, yeah, you're exactly right. Showing that you're actually doing something. It's it's almost like you have to prove your identity, that you are an artist or that you are a DJ or that you are a video effects artist. Like you yeah. have to somehow show that process. Um, So so for you out there, um, so let's say, you, you know, let's give advice to that young creative right now. Let's say there's this guy he has been like grinding away for years and years, getting better at something. You know what? Like, and let's say let, let's just keep it easy. Let's say he's an artist. Let's say he's like a painter. Let's say he's an illustrator or something like that. How do you show that process? How would you best show that process? What's the first steps you know someone could take? So, so that's like a thing that video uh, as a videographer I'm struggling with too because it's a, one of the things like it's one thing doing it and actually like also capturing you doing it. It's like two pairs of shoes, mm -hmm. but you should wear both to actually make uh, decentable steps, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really important to have like a way of like capturing yourself and right now it's really easy with the smartphone so you basically can just take the smartphone get a little tripod set it on the side and just like do your thing and just record a whole hour of it you know and then you have mm -hmm. like oh speed it up 20 times so you have like a little you know speed run of like you drawing and mm -hmm. that should be a post somewhere that should be at least in the marketing or in the you know like hey proof of working um, mm -hmm. folder you know and you need stuff like that you don't know if you will use it but people are doing like voiceovers with that you could take that recording um, just make a voiceover and here's like me doing this and that and this is why I'm doing it basically giving the sauce away because then you're like you're teaching somebody else to do it 
And obviously, you will maybe get somebody trying to cover your art, but you are one step ahead. And if they do something cool, you can learn too and do it, you know. But if you look back and like, who's covering me? Who's, you know, stealing my thing? You're like, stop innovating. And the, the goal is like to just keep on innovating. And that's like the, mm -hmm. the one thing with the sharing, you know, if everything can be shared, like the best version always wins. And if you're not looking back, you will be one of the people who's doing the best version. So, so it sounds like, you know, always having like a second camera in the room, right? Or, yeah. or just having, you know, so, so in your case, you know, you're a videographer, you have one camera, your main camera you're using, obviously, but yeah, always having some other camera. Now, now let's say, you know, yet again, I'm that young artist. I don't have a lot of money. I don't want to buy, like, where, yeah. where is you? You, you have a lot of knowledge. Like where, where do I go to get that cheap second camera? Where, where would you go? So first off, right now it's it's the most terrible time for cameras because like you take an iPhone 14, you know that's like usually or iPhone 11, 10, that's decent, like a DSLR camera. You can take a photo with that, and one photo is good. Like one photo of you doing mm -hmm. stuff will be fine, you know. And you can put a timer on there, set it up onto the tripod. And it's literally that simple. The hardest part is actually just like setting up the scene and actually mm -hmm. doing the work and posting it you know most people they will do the artwork rachel for example she's doing some cool pieces of art with her like um so she writes the stoic philosophies because it's like therapy and then she puts like um like a roman emperor or whatever or um philosopher on top of it and it looks really dope you know and but i'm like you gotta capture like your drawing you gotta capture um the, the story behind it you got to capture all those things and that's obviously work and it shouldn't be that much more work if you think about it like let's set up the camera you know yeah well see so here's the thing that i've kind of ran into a few times and i and i actually so i actually love that you brought that up um so there's been a couple times that as i i, I as an artist i've set up that second camera right and i've yeah. and i focus so much on that second camera that it actually starts to mess up me doing the the art itself because my mind's kind of split then right i'm, I'm yeah. thinking about capturing it so so is there an argument to be said of of making that a daily habit then right so your mind yeah. doesn't have to think so much about capturing you just capture everything you just always think to always turn the second camera on is that, yeah, is that so is there I, something to that yeah 100 percent. so i i, I kind of feel like there's people worrying like too much about perfection, you know, and if you have simple black Which people, uh, black I don't know those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm just like saying the life can be really easy with black and white. You know, if you make the rule, like even if it's trash, you post it, you know, you will get the wraps in and that's kind of what you need. You know, it doesn't really matter if your art sucked like 200 pieces ago, as long as you're now at piece 200, you know, and mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like, I don't worry about if something sucks right now, because like, I know if I keep on moving, it will be better. And if it's better, I can make it work, you know, and that's what what I think, like, just have mm -hmm. the rule of like, just post it anyways, you know, you have that one moment in time, like you have to post. And if you debate on should I post or should I not post, you should have posted because like this moment was there, this moment would have led to different opportunities. I had that mm -hmm. um, conversation with Jonathan. Like he did an incredible piece of blender, you know, where we were like, did a little competition, you know, animated the skull. He, he put the Shazam on it, you know, and he put like neon lights, like animated really cool and funky and whatever. And it took him a month and a couple of weeks and I posted it in a week and I got a gig from it, got paid 
for it. We talked about it, you know, for an event. And he did not. I'm like, he did the better work. But, like, if you have that moment in time and you think about doing it, I, I would just do it. Because, like, that is just a rep and the exercise that you can improve on because it's not your final form, you know. And if you don't post it, you don't know if you ever reach your final form. Okay. Well, that's, because uh, that's people might not see it, you know. Yeah, no, that's great advice. It's great advice. Um, so, so okay, so that's like behind the scenes. We're talking like you know, yeah, doing behind the scenes videos. Um, I guess just even showing pictures of behind the scene process. Um, sometimes you know, I've seen people that they you know they set up the eraser and the pencil and the camera lens. And they make it look perfect. I've also seen people kind of do it messy. Um, out of those two approaches, I, there's obviously not like a right way and a wrong way. But um, yeah. how, what what would be kind of your beginning tips for someone to set up a behind the scenes? Yet again, I, I know nothing about the behind the scenes. So what would be your kind of beginning tips in that? Yeah, so I would just set a couple rules. Like first off, try to film yourself as often as possible. You sit in that chair and you hit record when you draw your art. Um, if you use it, maybe not, maybe you do. But then after you get used to that, uh, implement the second rule. Post at least um, something, you know, and... It can be just like a little snippet, whatever you feel after the moment. And after you have those two rules implemented, you will develop a style because like, oh, now you're posting. Now you're doing this. Now you know what's looking good. Now you maybe want to improve, you know, but you need to mm -hmm. get like the ball rolling. After it's rolling, it's easy to implement changes, you know, but it's really hard mm -hmm. to like, let's set this up. I don't really like how it looks. And then you're, you're not doing anything, you know, and then you, you always start over by step one and you get all those negative emotions attached to the process, you know? And it should be not like, hey, this sucks, I suck. It should be like, yeah, this is the first step, it sucks, but it will get better from there, you know? It's all about like getting those repetitions in and mm -hmm. keeping the spirit up and building that good momentum. Yeah, yeah, well, it almost, I know my problem that I have and what's held me back that I'm trying to overcome is the censoring before it even gets out to the world, right? Like, let the world decide for you if it's good. Don't just decide in your brain that this isn't good enough because you haven't given the world a chance to, to prove you wrong. You may put out a behind-the-scenes video. You may think, you know, this is crappy. I, the lighting was terrible. You can hear wow. the roofers in the background. And, you know, it actually could still be a great video. You, you just don't but, know but it. Let the, the people decide. But here's the thing. Like, does it have to be good? You know, you just did something. You just want to share that you did stuff. That's what I'm thinking, you know, like if I did something and didn't really turn out the best, you know, I'm like, there's people who are like, I only post perfect videos or I only post good videos at the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, should I have posted? Should I not have posted? There's a debate to be made that should it be perfect? Should it be good? You know, what is your standard? And you have to decide that for yourself. But there should mm -hmm. be like a, a standard of like, this is good, bad, or I'm just doing, you know, and mm -hmm. no matter what you do, as long as you do, you're good, you know, but some people don't do anything and that's bad. Well, it's, it's the old adage, right, of, of write drunk, edit sober. And I think I kind of like that, right? Like, you know, put this stuff out there, ha have no fear, but, you know, because you, you can always delete it later, right? If you have a post yeah. that's not performing, if you have something that is ruining your brand, it's like, ugh, there's this, gr this gross video in the midst of all these perfect ones, and it's not performing, you can always delete it later. But, but give the people a chance to prove you wrong, I, I think is kind of my point there, where in my head, yeah. I, I, I don't let things get past that filter. But if I could, then there'd probably be times to get proven wrong, where it's like, actually, people love that video. And actually, that did lead to stuff. Like you said about the yeah. skull, where you like, it wasn't a perfect video that you put out, but you let the people decide. And, and clearly, the people liked it. So so then yeah. it's a success. It's, it's just like, you know, like the bias that we have and the standards that we have are like, 
very very different you know it's like mm -hmm. if we do something out by ourselves obviously we think it's the best thing ever because we put all that effort and time and thought into it and if somebody else does it it's like eh, you know like the, the standards are just different but in the end like you could you don't know what your standards are and sometimes you we are just like better than we think we are and sometimes mm -hmm. like people just have way 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 lower standards and they're just like maybe 50 60 and they're just like oh i never saw something like that you know and it's like good and bad at the same time but sometimes it's also like oh you did something terrible but you still inspired a person to do something or you know you're giving them hope like they can do it you know and they maybe find a friend mm -hmm. in you that is a thing too because i when i started out youtube I was terrible and still am terrible in a, to a degree, but there's like a young kid from the Philippines saw me doing a vlog and the vlog was terrible. It was me going shopping, you know, watching new Star Wars, whatever. And he connected with me and I, we became friends and he was like, I want to do be a vlogger like you. And I'm like, what? You know, uh, it was a terrible vlog mm -hmm. with like 80 views or something. And it inspired a little kid, you know, even if it's terrible, I would just do it. Like there's goods and bads to it. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's good advice. So, okay. So we've talked about behind the scenes, but I also wanted to bring up something else that I think is important that, that doesn't go as talked about as much is, is your, it's your lifestyle too. Um, so like, for example, so to kind of make this a little bit more easy to digest. So bring it back to the artist. There is there value, and I think I know your answer to this, is there value to showing you going to other art openings? Is there value to you talking about other people's art? Is there value of you not necessarily always making something, right? So if you have an illustration Instagram, is there value of you having stories of being like, hey, here's this new art opening. We're here at the new art opening here in town with this artist, and then tagging that artist. Is, is there value in that as well of like showing the lifestyle outside of your art? So, so here's the thing, though, um, because like I'm, I'm used to like the internet, you know, and I'm used to people, if they niche down and they post a lot and they do the work that they should do, you don't actually need physically networking. What is like so counterintuitive to whatever we just said, you know, on all podcasts. But if you actually put the volume out, the tutorials out, you actually do all the things you're supposed to do on the internet you will make way way more money and progress just doing like all the work by yourself um having boots on the ground is like kind of like cheating you know like you go there you go in person you make a real connection and it's way easier to make real money it's really hard to make real money on the internet just with like your skills because you need so much um, experience, so much volume of like good content. And like, you basically need an insane amount of videos as a back catalog that gets passively views to make a sustainable um, amount of money to just sustain yourself from your art, where you just have to go in person, sell like two um, art or three art pieces. I'm like, oh, I got enough money for the month, you know? Completely different levels. So, uh, well, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I guess what I was getting at too is, is you know, it's it's your identity of who you are. So so I've seen this with some designers where they've done a good job of of just talking about so much stuff within the space, right? So they're like, yeah. shout out to this new font that just came out. I'm using it today. And shout out <laughs> to this designer. I just I just bought his mug. And hey, we just got our tickets to AIGA live. We're gonna see you there, holla and stuff like that. And like they're just good at that. They're good at like. Yeah. So when I think about them. I always think they're that they're they're always designing. Right now they're in that design world. Right now they're in that bubble. So I 
I actually am seeing that I need to start doing this for myself more too, that it's not just about the art pieces or the design pieces. I need to do a better job of, of you know, so like this Friday I'm going to go to my art that's up in that restaurant takeover and start taking pictures yeah. of stuff out in real space and shouting out the restaurant and, you know, just creating this bigger network, right? It's not just about the art. It's about you as the actor in in this world. You know, what what was what is Fitz's role in this play of life? Is he the videographer whiz or is he the the technology genius or is he the creative connector and kind of like yeah. what does that mean what are those posts what would that look I, like? i feel like on that it's it's like you know there's two different worlds and each world can be highly powerful and and we're all on that spectrum you know you're a little bit there you're a little bit there and you can make either one work so it's like i know people who make no money on youtube and then i may um, know people who make a lot of money on youtube you know but they don't make money on client world you know i'm just like so when you play in both worlds it's really hard to judge is that person successful or not you know like i know people with like bigger followings mm. on youtube making very niche content about set cameras you know and they're getting the passive money and mm. all that stuff and it's like that's very good for them and but they don't make as much money on the client side so it's like wherever you lean in the most you will get more efficient and better but it's mm. like you have to define what you, what is your goal, you know, like, and the more you define it, the better you get, if that makes sense. So, so you would suggest, so to bring it back to that young creative who needs to maybe post more, show more stuff, should there be goals? Should they, should they think about their audience? Should they cater their content towards yeah. that audience? Um, is that what you would suggest? Yeah. So there, there's two worlds, you know what I mean? Like you can be like, you go to every art gallery in town or in neighbor's town, um, maybe collect some pictures of that and do that. You know what, what you always should do because like selfie time, Hey, this is me with this artist. If you can't do that mm -hmm. because people like seeing people together, you know, I'm doing mm -hmm. a terrible job of that because like, I just, yeah, um, I feel bad like having physical contact with people and stuff like that. But if you can and you can p take a photo with somebody else, it's very, very powerful because then people see like, oh, you have a lot of friends, you know, even though it's just a photo and they just like, oh, this person is associated with this person. And it just gives you way, way, way more value and like, you know, puts you higher in the hierarchy. And mm -hmm. it's, it's very powerful. So if you get those moments, just like, hey, you and the people do it you know if you're on the the, the thing but obviously there's like i don't want to do it but everybody thinks it's totally fun and it's a cool thing so you should do more of that but you could go around from a to b and run your art and become very um, known in the community and be part of that community make a killing there you know Mm -hmm. And it's like two different bubbles, you know, there's Twitch, there's YouTube, there's real life, you know, and each one of them are completely separate kind of what is weird. Yeah, yeah, they, they are separate, um, you know, and, I, and I've seen people that have kind of dabbled in all of them, right? You know, so yeah, having the, and I think we've talked about this a little bit on, um, off camera, but, the, you know, kind of repurposing content, right? Can, can you do one thing and have it feed five different streams? And, and I think the obvious answer is yes, you can. Um, and you should take a, little, take a little bit of planning TikTok, for example right now <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know so so for us like we definitely do that right um so that's yeah. almost like our, our entire process is we do this long form content then you're chopping it up into clips and reels and we've even talked about taking it a step further and having that be you know TikToks and 
having that um, feed um, other things. Um, you know, how many how many ways can we reuse this content? And um, and yeah. I love that idea, right? I think because I think there is definitely a way to do that, right? To as long as you have a process, right? Like in a perfect world, you have three cameras, right? You have you have like and maybe they're not three cameras, but you're you're thinking of of you know you know. I'm I'm painting something. This could be a TikTok where I quickly swipe over me painting it, and I have I just put a banger song on it, put that on TikTok. Then I could yeah. have a second camera that's just doing a time lapse. That's my reel on Instagram. Then I have the finished piece that also is going on Instagram, Facebook, all those other places. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like with that, as long as you have fun with it, you know, like people make things like way too much. Oh, did, I need to do this. Um, this is painful. This is that. You know, when mm -hmm. I started dabbling with the, uh, video, I was like, hey, I'm playing a cool song on guitar. I want to show my buddy, you know, and I, I did not even thought for a second about like, you know, and I uploaded it to YouTube so that I could share mm -hmm. a link with with my buddy and he shared a link and you know that that was like the fun in it you know and that's like one of the things mm -hmm. where it's like just don't think just do you know and you it, you already know the thinking you should do it but then your thinking starts kicking in what if that's the problem you know it's like you you, mm -hmm. you know when you climb up the ladder and you jump from the tower into the pool like you you already know it's not deadly as long as you not jump out <laughs> the wrong way but you know so it's just like yeah you know you can do it and that's the, all the thinking you have to do just keep on doing you know once yeah. in a while you need to readjust and make a strategy you know and I, I think like this right now should be for a young creative be a moment of thinking and strategizing because like have like a strategy reassess someone later you know after you kept mm -hmm. doing well yeah I mean it's almost like you have like whatever your your passion is over here where where you you want to develop it you want to get it better you know so if, so if you're creative out there and you feel like you know you're really not up to that level and you may not be I think I think that's actually a very fair point if you if you realize hey I got a lot more learning to do that doesn't mean you can't capture that process right so yeah. it's so it's almost always Fun. thinking it's almost thinking like always always not think about it here always like you said have this bubble where you're not thinking about it too hard like but but then over here, just make sure that you have the camera turned on on that approach, right? So, so yeah, definitely keep experimenting, do new things, play with new things. Just it seems like, and I'm this is more for me than anyone else's. Just make sure a camera's on in the room, and make sure that you post whatever comes on that camera. So if the process yeah. is messy, post that. If the process is perfect, post that. Yeah, I, I feel like the biggest thing that people have, and that is usually the only thing that causes all those things is like pride and ego what is like i don't have that what sounds like really like yo i don't have pride and ego but it's like you know as soon as you take pride in it you're worried about failing and if you don't take pride in it that is really bad for me so that makes me not like being a perfectionist and being too sloppy because i have absolutely no attachment to it what is really really bad and good at the same time because like mm -hmm. if you don't judge yourself you can do whatever you feel like and that gives you ultimate freedom but it also has like a price you know so the more you know like hey i have an ego here and i'm like i'm i have pride in what i'm doing 
that is bad that prevents me of doing whatever I want because now I'm comparing myself to others and I don't want to burst that bubble of like hey this person is actually better than me you know where I'm like if you have no pride and ego it's like oh there's a person better than me let's learn whatever I can you know like there, there's that flexibility that comes with like not having that and sometimes people don't even realize that it's there you know but it's like so it's a thing that is powerful because like there was a time where I had a where I played a game and I took a lot of pride in it and because I had a lot of pride in it and it was like it's called O game and you have to do mathematics to save your fleet and you have to make calculations and stuff like that and if you get caught and you make a mistake or whatever somebody else can snack your fleet with a bigger fleet and then they get a bigger bigger fleet and like I was on the leaderboard you know and I'm like oh I, I slacked and I, but that pride made me really powerful in like doing and playing the game and it gave me fire but also like not having it kind of ruined the game so it's like it's a weird thing yeah yeah so 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 just like most things you talk about it sounds like balance it sounds like yeah. you know you 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 have to try to to do the approach i mean we, i think we're, we're 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 both in that place i think where we both know our strengths and our weaknesses and i think it seems like the older I get, the more it seems apparent that you should always look at what's the thing that's uncomfortable for you, and that's usually the answer. The thing that's yeah. the most uncomfortable for you is the thing that you're messing up the most right now. Um, you know, so I know for me, you know, I so this last year for me has been about figuring out that hey, Sean, you've been a great designer and you've been able to get by on being a great designer, but you've been a terrible business owner, and so now. We need to we need to transfer some of that energy. All the energy I've been putting into like pixel perfect design now needs to kind of be pushed more into the the you know is it marketing myself, marketing the work, um, getting the rates up, um, getting the process to be cleaner and smoother. And so it's it's really just seeing that there's something that you're you're not that great at. And I think for a lot of people, it's it's the process and capturing the process. And so, yeah, so now just try to move more in that direction. If it's something you feel really uncomfortable about, that's a good sign. That means that yeah. there's something there you need to conquer. Yeah, so it's also like a weird thing. The older you get, the more stagnant you get. It's like kind of like vibrations. In the beginning, the vibrations are fast and high, and then you get older and older and older and older, and there's less movement, you know? And it's also like in the beginning, you have no fear, you know, because you didn't hurt yourself, you know? And it's like... The more you hurt yourself, the less you do. And it's like mm -hmm. you kind of have to do the opposite of what you want to do. But obviously, there's a risk to be, you know, endured. But I, I think, like, if you do what you fear, you get the most out of it. And also, you will live life, you know. It's like one of the things, like, if you go out to this event and do this thing, you're just like, I'm, I'm enjoying life. I'm like, this was exciting. This was something new. This was like, you know, this was something. And... It, the other way would be like, oh, yep, this is the night at the TV. It's comfortable. It's the same thing as usual and nothing is changing. And then the next time it's two nights in front of the TV. And then 10 years later, it's actually four or five, you know, and then seven years later, it's every day. And like you, you in your head, mm -hmm. you still have the same ego where you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all the work and I'm working hard. But you don't know that you slowly got weaker and weaker and weaker. Right, right. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's that it's that kind of um, addiction to energy conservation. A lot of people feel like they're conserving energy by not going outside their bubble, by taking the safer out, by resting their brain. Um, but then, yeah, it's like the slow death. Then it's like you actually are using that energy, but you're just you're just putting it into a black hole. Um, yeah. 
And so <laughs> I love I love how friendly your washer is. I, I've never had like a washing machine that was just like your laundry is done. And it's like a big musical <laughs> with like little animals yeah. dancing. Yeah, but anyway, um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it would be kind of funny if it would be sad. So now it's time to fold. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so, you know, uh, so, yeah, I love this conversation, you know, because I'm going into my own life. We've talked a lot about off camera about my own art. And about how I need to do a better job of marketing. I've been I've been really sprinting on that. So so you know even even small things like you know getting um getting a a, a link tree. Actually, I jumped I I jumped ship for, I jumped ship from the link tree to Koji. Uh, so our Kobe Kobe or Koji I forgot what it's called, but yeah. it seems to be a better kind of a link thing. But um but you know but building these kind of things, building these these things that aren't like you know you never as an artist I'm never thinking about this stuff right. You know, and also, so what I've also done today, and you'll be really proud of this, is is I've actually set up a space now where I'm going to be painting and drawing um, my pieces where I have it already set up where I have kind of the, I have the tripod, I'm going to have a light, and I'm actually going to have it capturing me doing this stuff. Um, and then we're mm -hmm. going to, so so it's, so it's for me, it's been about trying to get quicker at that of, of like, yeah, set up in a space. It doesn't matter if you paint here versus over there. So you might as well paint here and have cameras on it and have a light on it. And yeah. then, um, yeah. And so for me, you know, I'm, I'm the, I think we've definitely identified on this show that, you know, I, I have that more um, organized approach. So I have to al almost always do things in a very organized way. But, but so for me, it's, it's, I want to schedule a time now every week where I kind of have to force myself. You need to do social media. You have to post something. Um, I don't care how bad the deadline is this week. I don't care how many, how much money we need this yeah, week. Posting doesn't you, take that long. It's like just an hour, just an just hour, just, an hour it's, it's to schedule minutes. all the posts. Well, <laughs> yeah, but schedule an hour to, to post all of these different things and schedule all these things. I mean, so, yeah. so then you have a consistent thing. You know, I, I was watching a video the other night where this girl had a very good piece of advice where she said, create one piece of content a week that's just showing the process and then have the other piece of content be the actual piece, right? So if you're an illustrator and you like to illustrate puppies, then have one piece that's just about the process. Maybe that's Tuesday or Wednesday and then Friday is the piece where it's actually the puppies. And so... I'm going to start doing that myself, right? Of divvying it up where there's the piece of polished content. And then for every piece of polished content, there's a piece of non-polished content. And yeah. so that's also another tip rhythm. that I wanted to, uh, wanted to give, because like you said, like, you know, when, when you're by yourself, it's a little bit different than if you're with people, if you're with people, you think less. So it's actually really good. You know, if you meet with somebody who is an artist and they doing some art, you doing some art, it's really easy to capture. You know, you capture him, he captures you, you got content, you know, mm -hmm. there's also a community part that you can play there and be like, Hey, you follow somebody who's less talented and he just drew something, you know, and captured it and you comment on it and it's like, Hey, good work. You know, you, you gas him up a little bit and like throw him some like love and 100%. he will do the same thing. And that's the thing you should do too. build a community that motivates you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so within Buddhism, there's this understanding of meta and to, and essentially the meta practice is just practicing, um, um, the outward energy of, of wanting love and giving love to people. And so it, I think it's been something that's very, been very helpful for me in my dark times is if you're having a hard time with yourself and your work, go outside of yourself. Then there's someone that needs your help, right? So if yeah. you're someone out there that's been doing this 10, 20, 30 years and you feel like you, you know, you don't like your work, you don't like where you're at, 
you'd be surprised of if you mentored someone, if you reached out to someone that's a little bit worse off than you, how much positivity that generates. So, so I think that's a great piece of advice from Fritz right there is, you know, get outside yourself and help other people. You'd be surprised how much good karma that generates for your own work and your own life. Yeah. And it's also like building that community part because like that's kind of where I'm like I'm really good in the, the videography community. I, I feel like I know all the good people in Temper St. Pete, you know? Because like that was the first move I did. I'm like follow everybody who does cool stuff, hype them up and I'm like, Oh, now they're inspiring me to do stuff because like they are doing stuff, you know? And then it's like mm -hmm. that friendly competition where you get the motivation, you gotta do the thing, you know? And that's where I'm like, Sean, you gotta get those web designers, you know, who's hustling, who's doing what, you know? And then you're yeah. just like it's a weird thing because obviously you see yourself as competition and obviously we're you're all eating the same type of bread, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, but there's still enough clients out there there you know and they just pick whoever they think is the best or fits them the best you know there's like clients who will take you because they like your personality and there's clients who take you because they like your skills or whatever you do or your style so yeah yeah and there's something to be said to not being scared of knowing other people right i think people can read that when they're like wow this guy is not scared of losing a client he, he'll, he'll even introduce his client to other web designers there's something yeah. to that confidence people can definitely read when you're not confident in yourself they're like, oh, he doesn't really want to introduce me to anyone in his world. He doesn't really want to meet anyone that's his competitor. That just tells me he's not confident in his own abilities. So there yeah. is something to be said about being like, you know what? I don't even care if you jump ship for this other guy. It's not about me. It's about the client getting the best um, thing. So I think I think there's a lot of good in that, right? Of um, something I need to practice too. I mean. I, a lot of people like me that kind of grew up in an art school mentality were kind of taught that everyone's your competition. So you need to be cutthroat and you need to, the guy to, next to you, you need to do better than he is. And it's, a, and that's not a bad approach, but, but it's not, it's not a hundred percent true. Not everyone's against you. Not everyone is your competition. And in fact, yeah, we right all, now, you know, all, all boats rise together, you know? Yeah. Right now, if you, if you go by skill, you know? We, we kind of lost already on nearly all fields of skill. If you go about like, can you draw a line as a machine? Hell no. You know, like a printer will do a really good job printing better than anybody else. It will be way more perfect than there's AI art, there's this and that, you know, we, mm -hmm. we only compete now. Who's the most friendly, who can build a better community, who is the, the better human being. And I feel like that is what it will boil down to, you know, who can mm -hmm. actually gather people around themselves and do stuff that makes them happy. So, you know, and build like a, a good relationship. I think that will be the, the most powerful skill right now. If you do something mm -hmm. that is inspiring, you inspire people, you're able to build a community. That is like the key part about it, you know, because you cannot yeah. compete with like mid journey now. And it's like, who draws now the better thing, you know, if mid journey will like pop out 20 pictures where you're like, maybe do one, you know, and it's obviously it's a different thing. And we have to separate ourselves now from like AI art, real art, you know, that's why it's so powerful to caption out the journey and like show people like, yes, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm a real human being and you should like me because I'm, I like you and we're humans and we're buddies. Let's, let's be buddies instead of like, Hey, here's cheap AI art, you know, buy me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, it comes down to one word and that's collaboration, right? Um, the AI, yeah. at least right now, are not really great at collaborating. Um, you give them a set of data and they, uh, they spit out something that is either solution or not. 
but there's no there's no communication. There's no dialogue there. You're never gonna put in a mid journey, make me a picture of a oil painting of an apple, and it's not gonna spit out and say, yeah, but is that the right answer, Sean? Have you thought about that? Like that's it's it's not gonna do that. Yeah, well, ChatGPT four. <laughs> you can you can now be like, hey, what is the perfect thing? You know and. I think a guy actually started a whole organic company with Midjourney and a hundred dollar uh, no ChatGPT um, for running a whole a command for like hey I have a hundred dollars write me a good thing mission statement whatever and he used that and it worked apparently and he's now valued for two hundred fifty thousand dollars or so it's it's crazy yeah you know and so who knows you know you know it, what's funny is I feel like you know. Yeah, it, can AI do everything, and will it always be able to do just everything? So when we're like, oh, can it do this? Well, now it can, actually. Chat GPT-20, though, is going to come out, and it's actually going to be a human face now. Um, I think it's all, you know, it's it's still going to come down to communication. It's all the soft skills. It's like what you're saying. It's, you know, I think if we if we were 300 years ago, it'd be like, can you draw a straight line? Can you create a perfect image? Yeah. Um, where now it's, it's more about, yeah, can you collaborate? Can you see the, the bigger picture and can you be part of a community? And so, so yeah, so I think things like behind the scenes videos, things like that, like what we were talking about earlier are great because it allows people in, it, it opens the door and says, come on in the studio, yeah. let me show you around. You know, I don't know when you were a kid if you if you ever got to like tour places as a kid. Um, I know for us as a kid that we got to tour like you know um, like uh, the bread factory. We got to like tour like an artist studio. We got to tour these types of places as kids, and there was a lot of magic in that of them opening the door and being like, "Here's the process. Here's everything. Here, go ahead and grab that off and try that." There's something magical about that. A lot more magical than here's a polished video of of a bread factory. You know. I think like being vulnerable is like one of my most powerful skills where I'm like, hey, I'm I'm giving you the raw fits, you know, and it's like it's it's dorky, it's weird, it's imperfect, but it makes you comfortable being yourself. And that helps me basically relate to the client better because they're they feel uncomfortable because like that dorky goofy person will not bend me over and steal my money and you know, it's like the more raw and real you are and you know, vulnerable the more they mm-hmm. have on you. So it's like, why would you do that? You know? So that's yeah, what yeah. I think is like how I operate. I'm like, yes, there's spelling errors. Yes, there's this, but Hey, I'm a real human being. I'm like, I'm giving mm-hmm. you what I, what I say I will give you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just moving quickly. I mean, um, so I know for us in this, this show is a good example of that. We just keep moving forward every single week. Um, some episodes are complete busts. Some, some work out, <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> this episode may be a bust as well, but yeah, like, this, we, this we just keep, I already we, know it. Like rated five stars on the Spotify thing and subscribe buy the merch and selling out. Listen to all that five times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, so so prove us wrong, people. You know, keep keep tuning in, buy the stuff, yeah. show us, give us good comments. Um, because yeah, you know, I think um, it is. It's just about putting stuff out there, putting our thoughts out there, evolving. It's the journey. People have seen us evolve together on the show. You know, we've done. This will be our thirty sixth episode. So so you know, people have seen us evolve this thing over time. You know, our thoughts yeah. have changed. We've gotten a little bit better at this, and so. So it's good. It's good to show the process. I think it's it's a helpful thing. So we all just need to get better at you know showing that process. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to look back when the AI overlords are ruling us, and I'm like, oh yeah, back in the day when we tried to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Yep, exactly. <laughs> Nothing to add to that. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was a good episode, Sean. Yeah, it's Any? been a good episode, and yeah, to just uh, reframe everyone, you know, like and subscribe to this podcast. We're on we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. So thank you, everybody, and uh, tune in next time. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. All right, see you, everybody. Oh.